Mountain Zoo. I was more interested in showing off than writing a coherent song. Oh, but he made a coherent song. What's up, everyone? This is the Demo Team Podcast. We're here with Derek Bloom from From First to Last, The Color of Violence, and now uh, Co- Color of Violence. How are you doing, Derek? Hey, good. How are you? Very good. Let's not so, forget if I die first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't um, forget if I die first. Oh, yeah, if I die first, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are in quite a lot of bands these days, it seems like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, there was uh, a lot of free time during the pandemic. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's very true. I mean, that's why we have a podcast, I think, is because we had a lot of free time. Yeah. But uh, did you have a good holiday season? or? Uh, I, I mean, kind of, I guess. I had COVID for, like, Christmas and New Year's, so I was just quarantining in bed. Uh, and Same with us. <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't all bad, you know, it was nice to get that much time, like, forced relaxation time, but I was, like, pretty sick at the same time, so that sucked. Yeah, dude, I've been having having COVID for, like, last week, man, did you lose your sense of smell? No, I didn't get that, really, I mean, I didn't get that, really, but, like, my nose was plugged up for, like, a, a, a large portion of it, so... I couldn't really smell anything <laughs> anyway, you know? Yeah. You probably didn't have much of an appetite anyways, so... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, good that you're feeling better. Same with you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I felt tons better. I'm just like, I feel rejuvenated, ready for a second win at life. COVID can't beat me, nothing can. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess that's kind of the thing about COVID is like... I, I was kind of like thinking like, wow, this might be it. This might be the end. <laughs> but of course, yeah. we're all here now. So, what's up, man? So let's let's take it way back, Derek. How did you get into like drumming and stuff? Uh, I think I was like always playing in in uh, bands like as a kid. Uh, I always I I played guitar first, you know. And uh, I always had a hard time finding drummers. And uh, a buddy of mine, his family had a uh, like a trash disposal business, and they would what? they would do like demo on a lot of houses and stuff like that, or you know uh, take all the stuff from an estate. And so they'd find drums and instruments in there all the time, and uh, they put aside a bunch of pieces and let me have them of like a kind of Frankenstein kit. Yeah. Uh, and so I started teaching myself how to play on that. And then, um, you know, a couple of years later, my folks ended up, uh, getting me like a, a cheap, like beater kit. Um, and I guess the rest is kind of history. Um, do you think like, 
starting out on guitar than going to drums like affected how you play at all or uh may uh, yeah i mean i'm sure it always helps to have like an understanding of the other instruments or whatever you know um i think that it i'm sure that it it helped shape kind of the way that i play you know wanting to maybe be very complimentary or accent guitar parts on the drums or whatever um i'm sure it's had a an effect all right i mean you could definitely because i mean y'all have quite a unique sound like from first to last like between like the guitars tones and like the what you're drumming it's just i, I don't think there's anyone who's ever really matched that and it's kind of carried over into other projects y'all have done like if i die first and um and color the color of violence and so it's just like, thanks man anything close to it <clears throat> i think like uh with FFTL and stuff, you know, all of us were into really different stuff and everybody kind of just uh, did what they wanted to do. <laughs> you know, they sort of brought themselves to it in that way. Um, and, you know, I had always I had kind of all my bands in high school and stuff were all sort of like metal and hardcore or crust bands and stuff and and uh you know matt and and travis were in like pop punk bands and um i think it that those like the early fftl stuff really is like a couple kids that want to play pop punk and a couple kids that want to play metal <laughs> you know forcing each other's taste on each other i mean that's usually <laughs> how it is for those for yeah. those high school bands it seems like yeah <laughs> I think that helped you guys stand out, though, like, to be honest. For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. Who knows? It, 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 at the time, it felt really exciting, you know? Oh, yeah. It was like a perfect storm situation, because, like, like, when you guys first started out, like, uh, with your first release, uh, Aesthetic, like, back then, like, you guys had the sound like it sounded like like the rough demos and stuff of the time, but I feel like y'all were doing something that was completely like turning heads and stuff. So it was like really cool. Like you guys started out in uh, Florida, right? Yeah, Florida. I met a uh, I met Matt and them in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Weren't you going to like Full Sail University or something for music? Yeah, uh, I was going there, and I. Uh, Travis had gone there too, but he finished a bit ahead of me. I I didn't meet him at the school, but it was yeah. funny that it ended up that we both went there. <laughs> Small world, right? Yeah. Um, so how did, how did that like? How did you guys all meet? Like, how did that come about? Um, I'm I uh so like back in those days there wasn't like MySpace and shit like that. Uh. But uh, there were all of those sites like Makeout Club and like more like message boards, you know, like, like Sing- Vampire Freak. <laughs> I guess like I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. I remember there was one called like Mad Rad Hair and oh, wow. like other shit like that. They were all like sort of like weird scene kid sites, like uh, you know, dating hookup profile sites and yeah. stuff like that. And um. Anyway, there was one that I was on called Lipstick and Cigarettes, and uh, and Matt Good was on there, 
And uh, I noticed he had like a guitar in his profile and I kind of didn't really know anybody in Florida. So I was just reaching out to people online that looked that, you know, were musicians that looked like they were into the same stuff I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hit him up and was like, oh, you play guitar, like blah, blah, blah. You know, I play drums or whatever. And me and him started chit chatting and it turned out he lived across the street. <laughs> uh, in the apartment complex across the street and so we i just started going over and hanging out with them you know and then uh and uh initially i was trying to get matt to help uh learn some guitar parts because i had been writing a bunch of like metal songs and and wanted to record them but i needed somebody to play guitar while i laid down the drums so i could play along or whatever and uh that's how we got started talking and then we ended up <clears throat> starting color of violence together with, but it was called like a skeleton slaughter versus fetus destroyer at first. That's, that's and, then, and then, uh, and then, yeah, you know, um, we actually did like a color of violence tour before, uh, I was in from first to last. Did you guys uh, go to uh, Japan or something? no, no, we just, it was just up the East Coast, um, but, uh, but yeah, so we did that, and then I think right after we got back from that, uh, Color of Violence tour from First to Last was getting ready to record their EP, and they were like, hey, do you want to just come, uh, play for, from First to Last and learn these songs and come record the EP, and I was like, yeah, I'm down, you know, we were already kind of hanging out all the time, and all that so that's how that all started <laughs> that's crazy man so like chance happenstance internet like infant internet like connection and y'all became one of the like most influential acts in all of history for the well, scene. I, yeah. I mean i don't know about that that big but like you know it's definitely uh it's funny how those little yeah just things that you don't think anything of you know like sending somebody a message online or something can make an enormous uh, impact you know i mean and it's funny because that's the same way sunny joined the band was that he reached out to uh matt on uh, myspace you know it's yeah. just, it's funny i i never really thought about that before but just blossoms into something that's like and like I know you like you were being modest and you're saying like you're not as big and influential like but I mean like I think not just like on a music standpoint I think like on a fashion standpoint like your guys's image like you guys were emulated like crazy like amount because like I remember going to high school like I graduated like 2007 so like 2006 2005 2004 like my high school years like I just see people that were trying their best to like flat iron their hair to get that like any person in from first to last look like wear makeup and all that stuff so it's just like you guys were hella influential i mean obviously y'all had like a lot of releases and you've done a lot of projects like dear diary like is a classic in the scene like to this day (laughs) how does that make you feel that you like you wrote like basically like an album that's can't even think of the right word to use but like it's like so influential in the scene so i mean it's yeah, it's weird, right? Because all of that stuff, um, I don't know, it, it's so random what what things uh, stick with people, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And the thing, and the things that uh, people are still listening to ten or fifteen or twenty years later, is it's uh, it surprised me that there's been like a resurgence and in interest in that, or that uh, the fans have really stuck around, you know, because there was a good period where it seemed like everybody was completely disinterested in that, you know. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it's awesome. It feels it feels really cool, uh, and it like makes me happy to see, you know, people uh, like young younger people getting into that stuff and uh, seeing it, you know, take like have meaning to uh, another generation of people. You know, um, I'm happy for it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's like a surprise for sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean. Did you ever think like that you would ever do something as big as that? Like, did it ever like occur to you? Like, um, I think you, you know, like in the back of your head, I'm sure there's always like a hope of uh, that people are going to care about what you do down the road. You yeah. know, um, I think that's like the goal. <laughs> <laughs> that's but uh, but it's not. It's certainly not a guarantee. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that people have have continued to uh, support it and stuff is really amazing. It's surreal that like to think, man, like someone like you just drumming, you get some makeshift drum set one day, and the next day you're like you're touring, you're touring with like Fallout Boy, you're on Warp Tour and stuff like yeah. that. It's crazy, yeah. like yeah, I mean it feels like it it happened about that fast too, you know. That's sort right. of, it, I, it, I, have, I, I have a question. Hmm. What was it like to play for, uh, like, open for Kiss? You know, it, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's, I guess you, you only really do it to say you got to do it. But there was no, there was no benefit for our band to it. Nobody that was at those shows was really interested in anything that we were doing. And, uh, you know, we didn't hang out with Kiss or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't generally, like, hang out with 70-year-olds anyway, you know? It, it's, it's like, um, did, so you wanna know. did you want to put the makeup on and just, like, wave at him? Y'all could have worn makeup to your they were, they were definitely before my time. By the time... I was like young and like getting into music, like nothing about them was heavy or exciting or anything. They just seemed like a, you know, like a, like cartoon characters, like from a kid's <laughs> show or something. They, they were cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I would try to listen to their records and just be like, this sounds lame. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess, Let's so we're throwing it back. I guess what were you getting into? Like, what was like your introduction to like this type of music? You know, um, I uh, like hardcore was something that I was into um, in like different facets of it. I guess um, when when I was in high school and stuff, you know, um, like at first I think bands like. <clears throat> like a infest and 
uh, more like old school hardcore bands and then the more thrashy stuff like Charles Bronson and all that. Um, anyway, uh, hardcore around the time that I was like getting out of high school and stuff was starting to get more like metalcore. And, uh, I think the, probably the first, and I'm trying to think of the first, I mean, I know that first poison, the wall record was like a big, uh, a big record, uh, like an influential record. And the first, uh, as the sunsets record was like really, uh, influential for that stuff. Uh, those, like those two records probably. All right. Very nice. And uh, that kind of takes me into like something else I kind of realized yesterday when I was listening through your discography was that um, y'all were kind of like almost my introduction to like post hardcore music because y'all had a song in Madden 09 or 08. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Worlds Away. And I, and I like I totally forgot about that. But like, that, well, like that was probably like the probably one of the first like hardcore songs I got into. Um, so I guess, and like y'all, y'all have like a very like kind of brief, like, but kind of influential, like role in like soundtrack and video games. So like how, how does like in, with a uh, hell March one too. So yeah, like care to talk about that at all or. Yeah. Uh, we always, you know, I feel like something that we sh- do deserve a little bit of credit for, uh, is that uh, I think we always were really keep trying to stay up to date with what was going on with the, the new technologies and stuff like that. We were, uh, you know, when we signed to Epitaph, we made sure that we ha- uh, retained like 100% ownership or 100% of our digital rights and stuff like that. And, uh, like our digital sales were all ours, which nowadays, you know, like you would never ever get any, anything like that. (laughs) But back then, uh, we were thinking about that kind of stuff, you know, Uh, like goes hand in hand with that. Like you guys like started on the internet, you kind of like could see like where the curve of the road was heading and you knew that like technology, the internet and like digital was like the future. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, I don't know if, if like, um, like back when we were first getting together and stuff too, we were like one of the first uh, bands that started using MySpace to promote a band and not just as like a social platform for, you know, yourself. Um, and I don't know, like, I wouldn't, try to say that we were the first band but definitely like we were the first one that i knew of in our immediate network you know yeah um, you guys set the tone, man. And, well and it, it it you know back in the early days before your whole page was spammed with that stuff people um would really uh check it out you know and and uh there was a lot of cool a, a lot of growth um for 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 the band that happened because of doing stuff like that and being so early to do it you know mm-hmm. of course of course um i guess kind of back to the video games thing i was like so like how did you end up doing hell march one like did they approach you or did you like 
Um, yeah, so we, sorry, yeah, I got oh, no, sidetracked like, and, and lost the point of why I brought that up. Uh, so <laughs> one of fine. the, one of the other ways that we were looking ahead was we had been actively trying to look for, um, like sync deals in video games or, uh, do publishing deals with, uh, video game publishers. And we ended up doing one with, uh, with EA, uh, that basically, uh, put us in every game that they released for that year. And, uh, and then we got opportunities to do some additional like scoring stuff, uh, for some of the games, uh, like command and conquer, um, the one, uh, that, that March and, uh, we even uh, they even actually modeled us for a game called Facebreaker and had us like as downloadable characters in it. What? That's well, awesome. yeah. Yeah, it was like a it was like a boxing game. Right. I gotta get that game. Um, did, did you yeah. guys have like all the, the ball suit on and stuff? And <laughs> no, they uh they just did our faces. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it was more like they were, if I remember right, they were taking just uh, really like a HD photography of every angle of our face nice, or something like that. But, um, you know, it also, the realism in the games wasn't as, (laughs) as high at that, at that time. Yeah. So, uh, did you guys ever boxes each other? I guess. Yeah, like when it when when uh, when that game launched, we were on Warp Tour and EA uh, set up a tent with the game in it, and we would go play the game with fans at Warp Tour, um, and we like they could play as us or whatever, you know. And most of the time, we'd go out there and we'd be playing as ourselves, getting the shit beat out of us by some like fifteen-year-olds, you know. <laughs> All right, but uh, it was fun. That's amazing. That's that's very cool. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you recorded Dear Diary, and then after that, y'all went out to Weed, California, worked with Ross Robinson, able to pick up Wes Borland. Any stories from heroin times that you can enchant us with? Uh, <clears throat> like, uh, I you know, I remember that uh that studio was really really awesome it was like an old uh, vaudeville theater that uh the lady there sylvia massey had uh converted into a a, a recording studio and uh you know we recorded the drums to it in the basement like underneath the stage in this just like pit <laughs> um <laughs> That I think I remember a, from that time. I think you guys shared like a video or a video, a video or a picture, and it like showed your hands all like torn up, like from like yeah. playing like so hard. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did pre-production with Ross for like two weeks at this um, rehearsal spot in uh, Hollywood, mm-hmm. and um, you know we would be in there for like no joke, like twelve hours a day rehearsing in this room and working on the songs and refining the parts. And, uh, a lot of the time he'd just be standing in front of the drums going like harder, 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 you know? 
And so, uh, and I already played like pretty hard. And, uh, so even with all the calluses that I had, uh, going into it from being on tour for years already, Mm -hmm. uh, I, they just got destroyed in like a day. And, uh, and I had to, you know, make some new (laughs) heavier calluses pretty, pretty quick. whiplash <laughs> yeah it was it was uh it was boot camp for sure you know um but i think uh the the playing and stuff on that record uh, uh was was definitely at at the time like the tightest that i had ever been and the more most solid you know oh yeah that record dude that that's like I don't think anyone, like, you know, like, most people in the scene, they're always trying to, like, sometimes people copycat and try to recreate what someone else does. I don't think anybody ever has ever come close to, like, replicating, like, the soundscape and the atmosphere on that album. That thing is so unique, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Matt really, like, hit on a, on a, a, a mood uh when we were writing for that record and we just spent a lot of time really trying to nurture that and and uh and turn that into something cohesive you know and we just kind of followed the uh that that feeling i guess yeah i mean what was it like working with uh wes he's amazing he's such a uh a professional but a super a super fun guy you know, we toured with him for like a good year or two. Oh, yeah. um, he and, was uh, down, dude. He got down with y'all. Like he got yeah. he wore the makeup, everything. He was just like, I'm home. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. No, he was such a great, uh, such a great dude. And uh, yeah, we had such a good time with him. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. Like he just, you know, he would come every day and just fucking kill it. Oh yeah. You he know? was. He- uh, he, I remember reading an interview. He even mentioned you by name, like like his, about his time and from first to last. And he was complimenting for like what the things that you like accentuate in songs. Like you're always like focusing on like you got one beat going and then you got something that accentuates like something else inside the beat. And it's just like he was talking about how interesting like of a drummer you were. Oh, that's awesome! I never uh, I never got to see that. That's cool. I'll have to. I'll have to, I read it somewhere. I'll send you a link to it. It's, yeah, it's really yeah, cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd yeah be without a doubt, dude. Thanks, man. So after heroin, you guys moved on to uh, Capital, and you began working on um, your self-titled, which for some that was a tumultuous time because Sunny Moore departed and stuff. Right. And I'm I'm sure that was huge, and you guys hear about that still to this day i'm sure but what was it like for like you during that time like with everything changing and moving on to a bigger i was pretty drunk for most of the time i think back then (laughs) (laughs) to be to be quite honest uh you know but i think the mentality that we had you know was just like well we we're gonna survive this because we have to survive this because this is what we do you know and um and and also the band had existed before sunny had been in it you know so and we had put out music before he was in the band and so everybody kind of felt like um you know 
even though Sonny was such a, an enormous part uh, and, and was made to be the face of the band, you know, he was the face of, of, uh, of that era of the band, you know? Um, but I think we all kind of felt like we could still just keep it going a bit, a bit longer. And we still had more to do, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I, sure. I, that's a great option too. I mean, I, I think y'all kept it going for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I think there's some, some, moments on that album that are cool i think it's probably my least favorite that i've participated in but uh there there are a few songs on it that i i do uh like a lot still you know i think one one thing that album had and i wish like like there was like a re-release that like put them all together but like the acoustic songs like you know you had japan exclusives and yeah, yeah, yeah. We recorded those actually uh, with a buddy of mine named Ken, who I don't know if there's like any fans of like folk music or stuff like that, but he's actually like um, in the last like 10 years has become like a really successful uh, singer in a group called the Milk Carton Kids. Shout um, out to Milk Carton Kids. Yeah, but he's like a buddy of uh, a buddy of mine from the coffee shop in town. From when I was growing up, <laughs> and That's he, cool. uh, he, uh, he helped us out and uh, and recorded all those acoustic songs for us. And then, no, no joke, dude. Like I hunted online for like a good seven, eight years for Tick Tick Tomorrow acoustic because it was just it's a Japan exclusive, so it's just like I never could find that. And I think like 2019, 2018, like I finally got a copy of it and like, I still have the copy and I'm just like, those songs are fucking amazing. Dude. Like, um, medicinal reality acoustic. That's like beautiful. It's like, it's trans- Damn, I haven't heard those in forever. You should send those uh, to me in the discord or something. Uh, I will. I'll say, t- I'll send you the whole thing, man. Like I, I'm, I'm like proud of like having them. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I probably haven't heard those since they were d- recorded, you know? Yeah, I'll send you a copy, dude. No problem. Like, I, I always feel sketchy because, like, I, I think I uploaded, like, a demo of uh, M.O. on my YouTube channel. I was like, I hope they don't get mad that I uploaded uh, this. Oh, no, nobody cares, dude. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're off the hook, yeah. Ryan. But um, I think with self-titled, you guys went and departed on some of your, like, biggest, like, tours. You guys, like, went all over the world. Like, if you go on YouTube, you see, like, cult videos of you guys just going everywhere. Yeah, we had a, you know, we were on Interscope at that point. Uh-huh. So we had, like, a lot, you know, uh, we had a lot of support from them on uh, trying. They were really pushing to get us on good packages and stuff. And we definitely got uh, some good opportunities out of it. But I think also a lot of it was like maybe uh, big name things, but not necessarily great fits for our band. Like we did a show. um, We were on tour at the time with every time I die and and some other bands on a tour that made sense. And then we um, had to play a show in like Dallas or Houston and then right after we got off stage, go to the airport, fly to Valencia, Spain, 
check into the hotel and then go straight to sound check and then play. And we did this, it was a free show with the cure. Uh, it was us, the cure and him. And it it was like 85,000 people. Right. But it's like, it's, we're just like, we don't make any sense (laughs) with the bill. (laughs) So it's just, it it was an amazing opportunity and it was really cool to get to meet like Robert Smith and stuff. And I guess his, uh, his niece was like a big fan of our band. And that was one of the reasons we got the show, you know? Uh, You guys both uh, recorded with Ross Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. And that was another, that was, that was another connection we had too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it was an amazing opportunity and it was amazing to get to say that we did it, but in terms of like, um, you know, just did it, did it (laughs) do, you know, we effectively played for a bunch of people that instantly forgot we ever existed the second we ended. (laughs) So like pretty big into punk music though, like compared to like, so probably didn't completely forget it but yeah yeah maybe i like i like him and the and the cure so i mean that that's not yeah. like the perfect show for me that, that was actually something great show for ryan i wouldn't mind that show either that's a great show i want to go yeah. back in time now i need a time right. machine. yeah yeah <laughs> if only um so you guys recorded three self-titled um you guys did some great tours so moving on, you guys would start working on um, Thrown to the Wolves, which saw uh, Travis depart from the band. But yeah. he was around for most of like the pre-tracking, right? Yeah, yeah, he was around uh, for a lot of the a lot of that album and stuff. And it was it was you know just more personal stuff than yeah. professional stuff, I guess, because we'd all been living with each other for so long. I think everybody was kind of just in a bad place. You yeah, know? but uh, engine was running hot. Yeah, and just like that—that that record um, is like a special, very special record to me. But uh, it's also too—it was like it came out of just you know, uh, effectively the the band falling apart and uh, and sort of just constantly being out on tours where like you know, there's less and less, uh, support yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, we're going out on uh, bigger tours and like having people, you know, just not paying attention or, um, not just not being interested, like telling it's like time to sort of do something else, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, and so I think like, that's like one of our most, uh, like musically, like our our tightest like most uh advanced i guess record like some of the probably all of the craziest stuff i've ever written or played is on that album oh dude um, like, but you, uh you go ham as fuck on uh mo dude like you just tear the fuck out of that drum set there's some other songs too on there like uh <sighs> i can't remember the names because they're all fucking ridiculous but you mean uh, significant other uh, inoculate the world? Yeah, the inoculate song <laughs> has a lot of crazy beats going on with the toms and other stuff through the 
the whole thing, just these weird polyrhythms and stuff. It's a, oh. it's a, a really difficult song to play, or it was for mm-hmm. me back then. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love like uh, what we accomplished on that record as musicians, because it was we we're, we're certainly at the peak of our ability, you know. Oh yeah. It shows, dude. Like you guys went, like you guys were like showing off like your abilities, like that, and you were like branching out with like with the advancements in technology, messing around with auto tune and like, yeah, for sure. And stuff. It was, it's great. So, uh, what was it like working with like Rise Records? Were they like supportive and stuff? Yeah, I mean, everybody there was was pretty chill. Um, they they were uh, on the other side of the country, so we weren't like. Uh, it wasn't like when we were on Epitaph, we were all living in Southern California at the time. So we would, you know, constantly be in meetings there or doing things or being at the offices. But yeah. with them, uh, you know, we were still living on the East Coast and they're out in, uh, I think, Arizona or something. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't I don't even know if I ever went to their offices at all. Um but they were nice people the times that I met them. I don't have anything bad to say, you know. Uh, that's, always were... good. that's always good. I mean, I think that's better than having something bad to say. <laughs> yeah. So, like, backpedaling a little bit, because you guys had a, still had, an, like, a written agreement with Epitaph to uh, record uh, The Color of Violence Euthanize. Yeah, he, I think... That was probably a dick move on our parts too. You know, when we uh when we signed to Epitaph, uh, me and Travis were like, oh well, we should uh, get a a deal in there where they sign the Color of Violence too, so that we can do some records for that. But then after we were on Epitaph, we just never we never did anything with with the color violence stuff and it wasn't until towards the end of the band you know that we were like oh shit we should do a color violence record now and i think that probably pissed epitaph off a little bit (laughs) but uh (laughs) i mean the band name makes sense you know (laughs) you guys chose violence (laughs) yeah yeah basically so uh right (laughs) what's up Oh, I mean, like, you know, like, you have the opportunity, you might as well, right? Right, yeah. Um, They, uh, yeah, and and they were cool. They, you know, they pushed the record a bit. And we we did, I think, one or two tours um, to support it, uh, which isn't much. But um, we were still touring full-time for FFTL, and we couldn't just permanently have Color of Violence opening. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a you you worked with some like great people on that record though like I believe you worked with the dude the drummer from Daughters and you worked with I set my friends on fire on that record right yeah uh, yeah John from Daughters and uh, uh, my friend Joel who is a really incredible drummer that played in a, a band called the Felix Culpa um, they're really cool kind of like more I guess indie um kind of indie side of like emo hardcore kind yeah. of stuff but uh really really interesting uh, unique drummer and yeah they uh they both uh, played on it and 
and uh, Chris and, uh, uh, you know, the other Ism Fof uh, guys, Nabil and uh, Matt, mm-hmm. uh, contributed to uh, Christina, Christina. And... Yeah, I, I wasn't there when the Ism Fof guys uh, recorded their parts, but um, I was there for all the drumming stuff. Um, it was a lot of fun, you know, having three three uh or four drummers in the same room just all playing and messing around and you know throwing ideas out and stuff we wrote like almost that whole record in this studio we just booked time with uh with lee and i had like skeletons for i think like five songs and then the rest of it was just written in there you know So we just, yeah, just brought out good musicians and, and just jammed and messed around and recorded. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I mean, the, the album starts off with a Pixies cover, dude. Where can you go wrong? You can't. Yeah. Well, that was to me too, uh, just a nod to the Pixies because I think uh, that album that that song is off of opens with a cover. Mm-hmm. Just paint, so, like showing off your a little, uh, a little reference, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So, um, so moving forward, because Color of Violence, like you guys released the one album, you did the little tours, you guys kind of like put that uh, that project to rest. You guys didn't do anything until again until like 2017 with Dreadophile or 2018, yeah, for Dreadophile. What was it like coming back for that? Um, you know, it's cool. Like, uh, I I hadn't talked to Travis in a while after uh, after he left the band, and then we we reconnected uh, a little bit before the FFTL reunion stuff, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then after the uh, FFTL reunion stuff, um, I got uh, <clears throat> I quit drinking uh, and was trying to, you know, eat up a lot of this <laughs> the new downtime I had <laughs> when I wasn't partying, and uh, and me and Travis started working on a lot of stuff together again, and it <clears throat> we've just been kind of doing that since. Um, just, you know, using color of violence is just an outlet for whatever wild kind of creative energy there is. And then within color of violence, there's starting to be these sort of alternate channels of it, like color of violins is one. And, um, you know, the, the suck Mart mix tapes and the Halloween tapes are another weird outlet where it's a lot of that stuff is just sort of leaking out little pieces of ideas and seeing what stuff um, people react to and kind of testing the waters of, of some of the like sort of textures and things that we think are exciting or whatever, you know? Um, But so yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been a, a lot of fun. I, I, I gotta say it like I really enjoy like I love that you guys do the surf grind stuff like I love like euthanize I think that's a brilliant album but I yeah. really really do enjoy that you guys can be expansive enough with your genres like with the 
Halloween, when that mixtape, that Halloween mixtape first dropped, I was like, this shit is fucking fire. And like, <laughs> I love, I love Suck Mart, dude. Like that, that stuff sounds like it could, be, it belongs in a supermarket. And it's like, that shit is fire, dude. Like I, I still want a Leonardo DiCaprio color of violence t-shirt. Yeah, man, those things are, uh, those things are a, a rarity now. Oh man. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Um, uh, Oh shit! I was lost. I lost my train of thought. Uh, but uh, it was about the all the suck mart stuff and all that. Uh, there, yeah, we we've been meaning to kind of um, you know continue releasing stuff for all of these, but we were trying to figure out a way, I guess, to to not make it really confusing for people by releasing everything under the same name. <laughs> Like, I think me and Travis both, you know, are just as musicians, if you play an instrument, you're probably interested in lots of different types of music, you know, not just one, you know what I mean? And, um, and so there's always new things that we're playing with and, and, uh, getting, uh, excited by and stuff. And, and so, um, yeah, it's cool to have that, uh, these outlets now we're starting to kind of figure out a way that we can release things and sort of um i guess have these different little branches of cov you know i'm digging it dude like as a fan like i'm just happy that you guys are releasing stuff and like it's not every 10 years you guys are like since 2017 you've dropped something like every year so yeah there's i think uh it'll start to speed up too like there's there's a lot of material that we have that's been in the pipeline that's just been uh we've been sitting on you know um Mm -hmm. there's we've been wanting to finish uh like a uh a euthanized two and there's like a good amount of uh there's enough songs for that to sort of be a thing and there's um a lot more of the kind of more doom metal stuff and uh there's a lot there's just a lot of everything because we write a lot you know um it's just a matter of um finishing them to our liking uh and then um and then yeah i don't know i i would think though that this year hopefully we'll get a lot done uh, and especially with the Colorado Island stuff, because we, me and Travis have both been pretty, you know, we've been um, listening to to that type of music for so long and have always wanted to do stuff, but just never have had the time. Uh, uh-huh. And so. And if anyone listening hasn't checked out Colorado Island, go check that out. Like, it, yeah. like you're expecting surfy grindy post hardcore it's a little different but you like shoegazy goth vibes like that's the it's the shit dude it's definitely worth checking out to anyone listening yeah well uh i i you know we've got a handful of songs uh finished for that already um that we'll be releasing soon uh so there's like a little more to come from that it's not just gonna be a one-off you know very nice um before we backpedal into from first to last i really wanted to talk about if i die first i want to give that the proper spotlight because i feel like that's like like a second life for like you and travis have like banded together with 
you know, with folks that I don't think anybody like, had on their bingo card that we're going to, like, revive, like, MySpace, like, Streamo. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I feel like if you, uh, if you, if you met them, you'd, you'd understand, <laughs> you know, they're, um, they're, like, very ride or die for that, for that music, you know. I knew Lotus in high school, like, cause I'm from Dallas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was definitely, like, into that scene, for sure. Like, he was, it was, like, it's kind of hilarious. He was, like, the first, like, guy I knew, like, my age who, like, started getting, like, neck tattoos and shit like that. And I was, like, yeah. like he was hardcore as fuck back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. He's a, he's a character, man. Yeah. Very awesome. So how did that come about? Because I, I think uh, Travis was in the band first, and then you kind of... Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think that uh, they had they had the band going, and Travis introduced me to Ned, and uh, me and him had chatted a little bit before and got along. And uh, <clears throat> um, you know, I think that they were getting ready to record some new songs, and they were just going through the situation with their drummer, where he's committed to ghost main already and so he's probably not going to be available to do touring that they want to do because he'll be committed to other tours and I, I i don't know if he wasn't available to record or wasn't in the state or whatever but they were having issues or something like that with um you know being able to just get get the recordings done and stuff and so they reached out to me to see if i wanted to to join uh since i didn't really have anything going on and so i was like yeah it sounds like fun and and uh, it's been a lot of fun since it's you know that type of music um is just so fun to play on drums uh there's so much you can do you know you can be as as busy or as as uh, subdued as you want, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of fun writing for that stuff, and uh, and it keeps keeps me in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> how did the Sea uh, Space Cowboy stuff come about? Like, how did y'all decide that y'all want to do a split EP with them? You know, I that is what was going on when I joined the band. Okay, uh, and so when I came into the fold they were like yo so we're doing this split ep uh we need you to write some drum parts for or write and record drum parts for these two songs we already recorded the collab song with their drummer or sal uh from koyo was playing drums for them at that time and so uh and so yeah so then um I came in kind of and just like that week or the next week recorded those parts and then we shot a video. It was all like really fast, you know? All right. Very nice. So what was that like? Like you guys, uh, I believe you're, uh, you were able to record like a music video, like uh, drumming for Lotus and like his solo project. How was that? Yeah. You know, um, that was uh i was kind of he just asked me to do him a a favor and come and uh sit in for that video just learn the song like he sent me the song the day before (laughs) you know he was like can you learn this and come do the video and i was like all right man (laughs) and so uh so i went and 
uh, I brought a buddy of mine, my buddy Chuck, with me, and we just chilled out there the whole day. And uh, and then it was funny they didn't even get to doing the performance shots until like 40 minutes before the video shoot had to shut down. So, <laughs> so then, you know, we uh, were all rushing to do it uh, at. Uh, down at the bottom of this swimming pool filled with half-naked people trying to, to to play along to the song and only one of the speakers from the PA was working. It was just like a total disaster shoot, but uh, they, you know, it, it came together in the end, you know, and it all worked out. <laughs> at the time, I remember just being like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Where was that uh, pool located, by the way? I mean, somewhere in the valley, okay. you know, like somewhere in like Burbank or NoHo or something. It's it's like a house that uh, basically is just a set. All right. But they just rent their backyard out. They filmed like a ton of shit back there. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess y'all y'all released two from first to last songs in the last last five years. I guess how how why did y'all decide to do that? I guess like. Um, you know, uh, Sonny had wanted, had been reaching out to everybody and, uh, kind of had been expressing interest in doing something together if all of us wanted to do it, you know? And so we kind of talked about it for like a year or maybe even longer. And then finally, uh, um, I, like me and Sonny started getting together uh Matt sent him some some instrumentals. And me and Sonny got together a bit um to to go over vocal parts and uh and do some of that work and then uh and then we all kind of got together and worked on the song together uh, once it started to take shape and, you know, there, we had plans, uh, to do more stuff and we have a bunch more demos. It's just, uh, everybody's so busy. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. It, it just, it tends to sort of fall on the back burner because two people might be raring and ready to go and the other two people's schedules won't allow it and vice versa. And it, it just kind of, yeah. gets like that you know what i mean um i mean we, i mean yeah <laughs> yeah so uh you know hopefully at some point we'll we'll get to finish some of the things that we had been working on together um but you know i think it all just depends on um on if, uh, yeah if 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 everybody can get some time so I mean it makes sense, dude. You got like you got like six bands you're juggling and like Matt Goods like becoming like Mr. Gold Record uh producer, Sonny Skrillex, and he's like playing so, festivals and he's got his own production stuff and like you and Travis is running seventeen twenty, so it's just like yeah, you guys are all Yeah, everybody you've all like created great like careers for yourselves out there in the music world. Well, you know, at the very least, like everybody's got a pretty full plate, you know? So, uh, I think everybody likes the idea of more FFTL stuff. It's just, um, yeah. When is it practical? Yeah. 
Makes sense. Those were just like two times when it was practical to do it was render and make war. Yeah, like, you know, all of us were kind of out in the same area. Um, and so we were all, it was easy to, to meet up and chit chat and stuff, you know. Yeah. Now Wait. everybody's a bit more spread out. And, and so everything takes a bit longer. I, <laughs> I believe um, you were going to be part of Dead Trees, but I believe scheduling like Perfect Storm events happened, huh? Yeah. You know, I kind of, uh, at that point in time, I wasn't really interested in doing anything. I kind of wasn't really interested in doing music, uh, just at all. And I, and, uh, it, I don't know. I, I think I, you know, I think I took it hard after, after the, um, the band ended initially mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a lot, um, to just sort of pivot into a new life after, uh, just playing music for you know a decade and then yeah. it's like you have no employment history with anybody yeah you know what i mean for all intents and purposes that you look like you just got out of prison or something you know yeah i mean that and, makes sense dude so uh so i was at the time i was just like not interested in uh in jumping back on the horse and, yeah. uh, and so i just told him that i wasn't doing it you know I mean that's I mean that's probably for the best, you know. If your head's not in the game, like you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna make something you're proud of, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I, you know, I think I don't know, like all the all the um, the steps that I've taken to kind of get to where I am. I'm, you know, I'm happy with where I am, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine not having participated in that record. It's all good, dude. I'm proud. I'm proud of what you've accomplished since you came back. I'm glad you're back. To be honest with you, dude, like the world needs it's like the best drummer in the world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a very um, you know it feels good to to see that there's people that uh, are still listening to that stuff after so long. I'm. I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I listen to like something with your drumming on it at least like once a week, dude. Like I, I, I like, <laughs> like medicine, you know. I slap in my yeah. arm, just like, oh, daddy needs his medicine. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I'm hella appreciative. So, um, I think one thing that we should mention that maybe people aren't aware of, but it's been rumored that you're like. The guy who does the growls and from first to last. <laughs> no, no. People, I don't know. I like. I think Sonny and them always will fuck with me about that or say to do it. I think because when I met all them, I was, you know, uh, I had been playing in like black metal bands and would like do one man metal band projects and do all the growling and and screaming and stuff for it. But by no means am I like, yeah, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not that guy. <laughs> Don't lie to us, Derek. We know it, we know it's you on Ride the Wings. Uh, the track no. I mean, I, you know, it might be me and everybody else at the same time or something, but it, it definitely, I wasn't. I, I'm not the guy that goes, "Hey, everybody, step back. Let me get that mic. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do this." That's not me. Step back, ladies and gentlemen. Derek's here. Yeah. <laughs> No, thank you. Nah, man. Like, 
I can't tell you like how much I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, usually when we start to wrap it up, we ask um, what you've been listening to recently. Huh? Let me check. Uh, yeah, take your time, man. You got to open that Spotify. That's all. Yeah, good. I got. I don't know. I've been kind of uh, revisiting a lot of uh, Blonde Redhead lately. I used to like them a lot, and I kind of haven't listened to them in a while. So I've been listening to that a bit more lately, and then I guess just a lot of kind of dance music. Yeah, I don't know. I, nothing too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. I I have a, another question. Like, what was like a drummer that was like a main inspiration for you? Like someone that you like you followed their work, probably still follow them to this day, where you're just like, damn, that's the guy I gotta learn chops from. Um, the uh, Nicholas Barker from Cradle of Filth was like a big uh guy that i you know i would sit in my room on that like trash drum kit like trying to just play cradle of filth songs or uh um you know um there was a guy uh, named danny in a band called uphill battle that was like a little older than me but was you know like giving drum lessons to people at 16 or something like that um, and he, he wrote really amazing drum parts in like hardcore and metal bands, like stuff that you still like never hear. Um, those guys were like big influences. Pretty sick, dude. Cash, yeah. did you have any more questions? Um, I guess uh, one kind I'm going to, I'm going to warn you to my computers at, uh, 10% actually we're fine. I thought it was a I thought it said one, <laughs> but it's at ten percent. We're good. All good. I guess the one thing I was kinda of wondering was um if I'm correct, Craig Owens filled in for Sonny for a second, right? I want to get for it. Yeah, I mean, well kind of like uh, we that there was an Atreyu tour that we got kicked off of, uh, and in the earlier dates of that tour, Sonny had been losing his voice a bit and i think and chiotis was opening up on the tour at the time it was before they blew up um and they um and so i think he came and maybe filled in for a night or helped sing for a night uh and he was going to uh he was going to fill in for sunny for a few dates when when we we're going to have Sonny just play guitar so his voice could heal. But then that triggered a bunch of contract issues with the Treyu. Uh, and then that resulted in us getting kicked off the tour. So, um, so he didn't really get to, but he was going to, you uh-huh. know, I think Atreyu like needs to like retroactively apologize for that because now they're running around without a front man and they're trying to like play tours and yeah. stuff. Just like that's not yeah, fair. It, you know I don't I don't really it's whatever I don't I haven't cared about that shit in a long time. Um, yeah, you know it's just it is what it is. Um, it's happened. Yeah. It's you know it's just one of them things, man, and I don't think. 
looking back on it, it's just it's the past. It's no big deal. I'm yeah. just glad that I'm just glad that you're back, dude, and doing everything that you do. Because like <laughs> I'm down. I'm very appreciative of all your music. Like you guys are like the soundtrack to my life. And I'm like I'm just very happy that you came on here today. I'm very happy that you're just still making music, man. Like you're an inspiration and I'm just glad that you're around, man. Well, I, pr- I appreciate you guys having me on and taking the time. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun uh, <laughs> answering the questions and remembering some things that I, you know, haven't remembered for a long time. I know I've been uh, trying to get you guys locked down for a minute. I'm, uh, thanks for putting up with all my memes and stuff. I'm- <laughs> no, yeah, I appreciate you, man. You know, you're always out there. Uh, you're grinding. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to make sure everyone's listening from first to last or color of violence, man, because um, they need it. people well, need to have their ears opened. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, timeless music, honestly. <laughs> well, it's like, I think it's a must. Like, listen, it's like a rite of passage. I think for this scene is listening from first to last for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh, I appreciate you coming on. It was a great interview. Um, cool to meet you i i think i met i said hi to you at uh your if i die first show in dallas briefly. oh awesome yeah look i, yeah, I remember I think... was kind of a bit of a shit show that that uh specific date but <laughs> it was a great concert yeah I, I i believe i remember you coming up um and saying hey and saying something about um about um the, uh, the 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 demo team or something. I was like, I think I was said like, yeah, I'm a friend. I'm I work with Ryan. Yeah. All the memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that guy that bugs you all the time with the memes? Yeah, I'm friends oh. with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> too, so, but. <laughs> So um, before we let you go, um, do you have anything? Uh, I wanted to shout out you, uh, you, you and Travis are on Twitch all the time playing uh, Left oh, for yeah, Dead. Playing Left for Dead, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, that's just like uh, I've always played that game a lot, <laughs> and so Sick. you know, uh, it's cool that it's been having a little resurgence, oh, yeah. and uh, there's been a lot of people playing, but we're always on there, so. If people, if other people that listen play that, you might run into us. If you want to <laughs> plug your Twitch channels, uh, I don't even remember what my Twitch name is right now. Look up Derek Bloom on Twitch. See, he's <laughs> somewhere on there. Stop love. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to get better about that. When we, when we put the episode out, we'll, we'll put your Twitch handle. At the top, we'll we'll put the bands underneath, but the Twitch channel—that's the dream right now. Maybe I'll yeah. add it in post or something. We'll see. Post. Well, Watch play Left 4 Dead. Pay them to play video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dream. Um. Okay. So last time before we let you go, is there anything in the pipeline coming out soon? I know there's teases of a If I Die First LP. Yeah, we're definitely working on new If I Die First stuff, and uh, there's more Color of Violence stuff coming. There's more Color of Violence stuff coming. Um, there's yeah. more of everything coming, you know? It's just... If a perfect uh, storm hits, there's more from First to Last coming. 
Yeah, for sure. All it takes all it takes is everybody uh, being in L.A. or in the same place at the same time, and it'll probably happen, you know. Everybody start chanting his hands and praying to God or whoever you believe in to get that perfect storm to happen. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, man. We appreciate you, Derek. Thank you so much, dude. We, I cannot, like express in words i know we've been stammering and i'm a little starstruck but i'm just gonna say thank you dude thank you so much yeah no it's my pleasure awesome yeah, dude. i mean if your schedule permits it come back whenever i well i think we can make time for you so <laughs> yeah for sure i'll definitely uh you know maybe next time we'll we'll get me and travis in or something all right sick sure. all right well and thank you so much. Yeah, take care, guys. Have a good one. Peace out. And thank you for listening to the Demo Team Podcast. This has been an interview with Derek Bloom. Yep. That went